It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. AJC Access Atlanta is sponsored by Northside Hospital Cancer Institute, built to beat cancer. Hi, Atlanta. Thanks for joining us. I'm Shane Harrison, and I'm your host for the AJC's newest podcast, Access Atlanta. Joining me this week is our music writer, Melissa Ruggieri. Thanks for being here. Hey, Shane. It's uh, great to have you. Uh, what'd you bring us this week? I have brought you John Driscoll Hopkins, the imposing member of the Zach Brown Band, who I found out in person is not so imposing. He's only six foot one. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Well, the Zach Brown Band, we've all heard of them. Um, you know, they've been around for a while. It's interesting. I first uh, knew of them back uh, 2008. I followed them to South by Southwest. Did you really? Yeah, to cover them for the paper. Yeah. Of course, that was before they were signed. Right, right. And they were probably playing all those little clubs in Buckhead and Midtown. Yep. And yeah, they yeah. were. They were doing little tours around mm-hmm. the Southeast. And, uh, you know, they'd done pretty well. But they hadn't gotten the major label deal. And it's funny that... Uh, Probably less than six months after I saw them. Well, maybe a little more than six months. Uh, they had a number one country hit. It must have been your story. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was. That's what did it. Yeah, that put them over the exactly, top. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, it is amazing how they have just blossomed over the years. I mean, now they're you know they've been headlining stadiums for the past couple of years. They're coming here to SunTrust Park on June 30th, and it's, it's actually the first time they're headlining a stadium in Atlanta. Though they they did a co-headline with Kenny Chesney a couple of years ago back at the Georgia Dome. But John was saying how they're they're so excited that this is the first time that they're doing their own headlining stadium show in their hometown. Wow, that's interesting. I, I would have thought that they would have done that long nope, ago. Nope, they've done the Lakewood Amphitheater. They've done Verizon. They and they usually would do multiple nights there instead because they can obviously you know do 40, 50 thousand people but they just you know the timing worked out this summer to go ahead and and do uh, SunTrust Park and and you know one interesting thing that he told me was how much the band likes playing baseball stadiums not football stadiums baseball stadiums because as we've heard (laughs) the sound in some of these football stadiums really any football stadium is not the greatest and especially if you have a dome or a roof or some other type of covering whereas baseball stadiums just the way that they're designed sort of like a crescent shape the sound travels better and of course they set up differently with speakers and and you know their gear for a stadium show than they would an arena show or an amphitheater show but he was just saying how he loves being on stage at baseball stadiums too because even though it's a bigger venue it's a more intimate venue because he can see like up into the top row from the stage whereas at an amphitheater he can't even see beyond the first five rows or anybody on the grass or anything like that so and as he said every seat in a baseball stadium is designed to be good to watch the game yeah so it's kind of the same why wouldn't it be the same for a concert and and it is <laughs> yeah it's really interesting because you, you don't think about the fact that it's, uh, a baseball stadium sort of has this amphitheatery shape yes exactly. so i mean it, uh, unlike like a, a football stadium where it's like you're you're sort of the the audience is on either side of right. you right 
So yeah, it's that's an interesting. Or somebody's on the ends yeah. and not necessarily right. you know. Whereas baseball is a little more not like not necessarily three sixty, but it's it's more that type of feel. So yeah. yeah, they're they're excited about it. And you know, and and what's so cool about him too is that he's always doing something. I mean, even when the Zach Brown band isn't recording or touring, he's always doing solo stuff. He has a brand new private studio that he brought me to, and it is gorgeous. I mean, it is really gorgeous. And he's recording. He's recording. Um, he called it you know part bluegrass, part jam band, part rock band, and essentially he said it was like his own version of the Zach Brown band. <laughs> That, yeah. that he's doing some stuff with and, you know, and played me a couple songs that they're working on. And it's just really solid stuff. I mean, they're all just such good musicians in that band. And, and he's just a really cool guy as well. And, you know, you probably know him from, you know, the beard. Yes. <laughs> the beard and the mutton chops and everything. <laughs> and we talked about the beard a little bit and why sometimes he has a beard, why sometimes he doesn't. And he said he shaved it a couple of years ago just to see how long it would take to grow back because he does some acting on the side as well. And sometimes he's been approached to do a role and they'll say like, oh, will we shave the beard? And he'll say, yeah, but he also wants to know how long it's going to take to, to come back. And he was very funny. He said when he has the beard, if he's in Publix and he's in the cereal aisle, everybody's like, oh, stay away from that guy. That's really <laughs> creepy. But when he has the beard and he's on stage, it's like, oh yeah, that's the man. That's yeah. John Driscoll Hopkins with the hat and everything. And, you know, So that's why he looks more imposing on stage, by the way. He said the hat adds about four inches to his height. And his, and his boots add like another inch or two. So he's really more like 6'6 on stage. So yeah. that's why he stands out so much. But yeah. just a, he's just a really good guy. And he's a really nice, just a, a solid family man. You know, he, he's, he's got little girls and, you know, they have a beautiful house. And they're just a, a really nice family. And he's just, he's just a cool dude. I like him a lot. Yeah, sometimes good things do happen to good people, I, I guess. know. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's, it's nice to see that. It's really nice to see that. And, and, you know, something else he talked about, too, was, with this album that he's working on now, and also he's done several Christmas albums, and he's doing another Christmas album this summer that is going to be R&B based, because he's kind of wanted to take a, a certain genre for each one that he's done. He's actually thinking about doing a metal one with maybe Mastodon <laughs> and you know getting some of the metal guys in Atlanta, but, but yeah. the point is that he wants to use Georgia musicians yeah. as much as he can uh, on all of his recordings. And you know even though the Zac Brown Band has a studio in Nashville, they are still very much Georgia and Atlanta based, and he was—he's very involved in um, in the, the Grammy committee and and the people who um, the organization that was getting the tax law passed for Georgia musician the, right. the Georgia music tax law, yep. and he kind of wants to do his part to fulfill that too and, and use musicians who are here. I mean, like he said, so many people think you have to go to Nashville to get an orchestra or to get session players or country musicians, and they're you know they're all in our backyard. You just you know as long as you got you know the right people and. He yep. certainly knows the right people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how some people seem to think that you have to leave this town right. in order. It, and, I mean, that's changed. There may have been a time where, when that was more true than right. it is now. Sure. But over the years, that's certainly changed. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the studios that are around here. I mean, again, his is a private studio, but there are a gazillion non-private studios and all the musicians and all the producers and... And I think it's just a matter of getting the word out. And it's cool that someone of his stature is doing that and, you know, making an effort to say, I'm just going to use people from home and yeah. not go to Nashville or L.A. or New York or, or wherever because I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, you know, I actually saw them. Zach Brown Band played at the uh, at the Music Cares event before the Grammys just a couple weeks ago that was honoring Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And they did a Fleetwood Mac song. They did Don't Stop. And and it was just it was really fun. And And we talked about that because we talked before the Grammys, uh, this interview, and we talked a little bit about the, the band's love of Fleetwood Mac and how they and the Eagles, he said, were the two bands that the Zac Brown Band most wanted to emulate because of the harmonies, not because of the craziness. <laughs> I think they want to stay away from the, the drama right. <laughs> with both those bands as much as possible. But just, just the harmonies and the, and the style of music that they did. And, 
you know, I think you hear that in the Zac Brown Band's music. I mean, their harmonies are my favorite part of what they do. And even if you're not a country music fan, I think you would find something appealing about their music. And the same with the solo stuff he's doing. It's very melodic and there's just a lot of layering going on. And, and you can just you can just kind of hear those influences of bands like, like Fleetwood Mac in there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's what's given them this longevity that they have. I mean, it was 10 years ago right. that they first had their number one hit. They're still regularly right. in the top 10. Yeah. So, you know, they're not going away and they're still very popular. It's, it's, uh, they're know, it's, probably the biggest country band, if you think about it, out there right now. I mean, you've got a ton of solo people like, you know, Kenny Chesney, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, most of them also from here. Right. <laughs> right. But when you think of, you know, country, I mean, Little Big Town also, Georgia Ties, you know, I mean, yeah. but, but they've certainly ascended the past couple of years, but they're not quite stadium level yet. Whereas the Zach Brown bands, you know, they've, they've been playing Fenway for a couple of years, Wrigley yeah. for a couple of years. And, you know, they've been doing the stadium thing for several years now, and their popularity cannot be overstated. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, they, they just have this this timeless appeal, I, I think. And yeah. and that goes back to that, that the those 70s bands that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's funny. I, I spoke with Steve Miller one time, mm-hmm. and he talked about how uh, country music today, when he hears it, it's, it, it sounds like what he was doing right. back in the 70s. It's like a lot of that, you know, radio... Yes friendly stuff in the 70s has really seeped into today's country the music. country the country rock crossover yeah. it's a very gray gray area these days yeah. and and that, you know that's a cool thing because again you don't have to be a country purist to appreciate what's on country radio and and a lot of what is that especially their Jekyll and Hyde album I love that album and then you know they worked with Dave Grohl they did an album with Dave Grohl right yeah. before that or right after that I can't remember <laughs> yeah. but you know I mean it was just they're they're taking all of their interests and influences and throwing it all together they're even though they respect country music in its pure form they also realize that for a mainstream audience you've got to branch out a little bit more too and I think they've done a really great job with that I mean, although their their recent album, their current album, is a little bit more of a return to the rootier sound of yeah. things. You know, they they were nominated for a Grammy for My Old Man, which is a beautiful song that Zach wrote about his dad. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't win because it was actually a, that was a pretty tight category that, yeah. <laughs> that they were in. But um, I think it it was one of the most personal songs that they've done, and I think that's also something that they keep growing as songwriters and right. and that's why their you know their fan base just keeps growing and not even just maintaining i mean yeah. you know to to play stadiums for several years in a row and yeah that's that's pretty impressive there well, are only a handful of acts that can do that you know? right with especially with country audiences country audiences can be a little fickle yes. uh mostly i think because country radio can be very yes. fickle um, you know, they'll, you know, you go away for a while, they forget about you. And the trends change so quickly. Yeah. You know, we had that whole bro country thing for a while. That yep. seems to have thankfully gone away <laughs> or <laughs> right. waned just a bit. Waned you know? a little, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, then you have people like Casey Musgraves coming up that, you yeah. know, was kind of going back to that more traditional sound of a, a Loretta Lynn type. And and now I think it's, it's sort of evened out a little bit. You still yeah. have some of the bro country stuff, but then you also have some of these, these new guys coming up that are very classic oriented in in their approach and then you've got you know a Zach Brown band that's a yeah. little bit of a little bit of everything and that's what it's it's nice to have yes. that variety it so is. that everything doesn't sound exactly the same and it's nice that a band like the Zach Brown band they're still touring on their album that came out last May i mean they kicked off their tour their other tour last May at for two nights of horizon and Greg Allman had just died, I believe, and yeah. they did a, did a version of Whipping Post because that's the other thing about their live shows. They do amazing covers. Yeah. If you haven't heard their cover of Metallica's <laughs> Enter Sandman, which John sings, by the way, he's oh, got yeah. that he's got that deep, awesome voice. That's kind of his, you know, the, his yeah. signature. 
If you haven't heard their cover of Metallica's Enter Sandman or Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, go look it wow. up on YouTube now. Yeah. They have nailed Bohemian Rhapsody like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and talk about a complex song. Yeah. And he did say it, it took forever to to get it down. But but they're still touring on that same album, you know, a year later by the time they get here in June. And he said they still had a couple singles that they were going to release to radio. So, you know, I mean, I think that's the goal. You, you, and it's kind of an old-fashioned thing, you know? It's like, do a complete album that's got five or six radio hits on it, yeah. and you could tour on it for a year, and then the cycle begins again. You go back yeah. in the studio yeah. <laughs> and, and everything yeah. else. But but they're, they're a really fun live band, and if you haven't seen the Zac Brown Band live, I would recommend going to see them. They're, they're all great musicians. They, they really, they can all play everything. John used to be the bass player. That's right. that's what he yeah. was known for. He actually hasn't played bass in the band for five years. Yeah. They, they have a new bass player, as well, not even new, since 2013, yeah. uh, Matt Magano. And John, you know, he's kind of a jack of all trades. I mean, yeah. he plays guitar, he plays mandolin, he plays banjo. And, you know, like he said, I'm not good enough to be a soloist with anything, any of these instruments, mm -hmm. but I can, you know, fall in behind yeah. somebody or write on them and, and that. But it's really his voice that he yeah. considers his, his attribute. Cool. Yeah, well, that's great. And uh, the Zach Brown Band are coming to town when again? June 30th at SunTrust Park. All right. Well, let's hear uh, Melissa Ruggieri's talk with John Driscoll Hopkins. You know? Sounds so Not even yeah. close. Yeah. Studios are built to be functional, but John Driscoll Hopkins' new studio was also built to be beautiful. That's the, that's the, the software, so... Wow. That's pretty good, man. He said he borrowed some ideas from the Zac Brown Band's Southern Ground Station in Nashville for his own private digs, which might be why the floors are now five layers thick and the ductwork crawling across the ceiling is painted a dusty brown that gives the main room a really cool rustic vibe. side of the staircase is the second area of the studio. Also, there was no way I was walking past the Miss Pac-Man Galaga video game console in the corner without playing it. Like to tell you all, I have the high score right now. <laughs> or at least I did. But for the serious musicians, behind one enclosed room with a glass door comes the banjo flex from musician Greg Ernest. Back in the main room, Mike Rizzi hops behind his drum kit to pound out the beat, which sounds absolutely pristine in these surroundings. While keyboardist Brian Bisky plays the pretty melody to one of Driscoll's new solo songs, Missing You All, All the Time. successful as Driscoll has been with the Zac Brown Band, which he joined in 2005, he still loves his downtime when he can work on a new Christmas album or this other solo album, which he's producing as well as singing and playing on. Phone, 
my studio and, and my band is here working on my record. Uh, I've continued to make records throughout my involvement in the Zac Brown Band and, and I enjoy that whenever I have time off to do that. Uh, this, this record is with my six piece rock band slash bluegrass band slash jam band. Um, it's like my version of the Zac Brown Band. Uh, and we all came up with, with a lot of similar influences and I feel like you'll, what you'll hear out of this is, is my songs um, with this group's take on it. So are these Atlanta guys you're working with? Everybody is from the Atlanta area. So yeah. guys that you've known over the years and done various things with. And All good friends from you know my banjo players, my banjo teacher, um, Mike Rizzi's my drummer. He's been my buddy for 25 years. You know a lot of these guys are really close to me, and, and I've just been friends for a long time. What's the timetable for recording release and all that? Well, I hope to have it out before the end of the year, and. Um, and I'll start working on my third Christmas record this summer. Uh, so I, I just keep it going and, and keep busy. Talk about those Christmas albums. You, you love those Christmas albums. I do. And well, I've kind of gotten into a theme with it. And it's, it's not that I feel the need to really bash out a bunch of Christmas songs. Mm -hmm. It's that every time I do one, I gain a bigger catalog for Christmas shows as well. And, and I kind of have a theme like scheduled planned out from, from, from now until I'm sort of done with that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the next five or six years, I'll, I'll have made all the Christmas records I, I need or want to make, but I'll have this great catalog to choose from for shows, which will, and, I, and I've been able to enlist these fantastic bands like Joe Granston and the Atlanta Pops Orchestra to be a part of them. And, um, and that will help me get these venues in line for, for shows as they continue to grow. Here's a silly question for you. Last time I saw you, you were clean shaven. So what, what, what determines whether the whiskers are there or not? Because it is sort of your trademark. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I stopped shaving um, in 09, probably 2010. Mm -hmm. And everybody kind of had a beard and I felt like mine should be unique. So I cut the middle out and it just kept growing and became this monstrosity. So two years ago, I shaved it off and wanted to clock how long it would take to come back. And it took me about five months to get the beard back to a reasonable spot um, and maybe that was a year ago a year and a half but it but, but it was really uh interesting to kind of to kind of take pictures along the way and and see because i also I'm a, i do a, a little acting on the side so sometimes someone will ask will you shave the beard and when i say yes they think eh, he's not going to shave the beard so i, I want to have uh, the option to be able to to do that and know how long it's going to take to come back because it is kind of my thing with Zach Brown band, but but it's it's like everything else. You change your hair, my hair's falling out, my beard gets long and getting gray. I'm just like, well, you know, what do you do? So I buy hats. <laughs> you know, it, it's um. It's something that just makes it more interesting to play with. And I think you're probably more recognizable with, with, the, with the beer, too. <laughs> For sure. If I'm, if I'm at Publix, people go, that guy, is, watch that guy. If I'm at the Zach Brown Band show, they go, oh, it's hot. You know, so it depends on where you are. Uh, you know, the, in, in normal life, it's more of a stay away from the weird guy. Stay away from the tall guy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> John and the rest of the Zach Brown Band will hit the road June 8th for their Down the Rabbit Hole Live tour. That means they're also going to be coming to Atlanta June 30th at SunTrust Park. It's the first time that the band is going to be headlining its own stadium show in Atlanta, and it's something they're pretty excited about. And now as far as the Grammys themselves, so you are nominated for one this year. You've won three? We have. 
right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, what, what does it mean to win one? Is it, is it a validation in a sense? It's really, uh, it's kind of the granddaddy of all award shows to me. It, you're, it's peer voted. It's, it's all, all the genres in music. It's, it's the kind of thing where you really feel like uh, that, it, that it counts, <laughs> that, that, you're, that you're, you've made an impact on not just uh, the audience, but on music. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's a thrill. It really is. I'm on the, the Atlanta Grammy board as well. So I, I eat, sleep, and, and breathe Grammys, you know, lots of, lots of days out of the year. And, uh, and this is going to be a fantastic thrill for us to be there. Well, you know, and the song that you nominated for My Old Man, I mean, that, that's, it's really such a sweet, poignant, insightful song. And, and, I mean, what does it feel to be nominated for that song in particular? My Old Man's a very personal tune for Zach. And, and um, it's just one of those songs that strikes a chord in everybody who was close to their dad and 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 to everybody who's been a dad to someone else you know and so uh it's one of those things that i'm really proud to be a part of and i and i think it is a fantastic tune after you won uh, best new artist that was the first grammy you won right? yes was there any any fear of the uh, starland vocal band curse <laughs> you know that they say that they say that if you win best new artist that's your curse and and i think that had been proven wrong many times so we didn't feel too too scared about that but that but the neat thing about winning best new artist is that it's one of the only awards that you can only win once mm-hmm. and the other one is lifetime achievement so there are only two grammys that you can only win one time and we're thrilled to have one where do you have yours do you keep them in here somewhere it's over there is it over there yeah. <laughs> well let's talk about the tour for a second um so you're going on a big summer tour you're actually going to be playing at suntrust park which is i think the first stadium you guys have played here in atlanta uh it is yeah. it is the first stadium we've played and um you know we've played lakewood we've played uh, verizon and uh phillips and a lot of the big uh you know arenas and things like that but but as far as baseball stadium we never played turner mm-hmm. uh, we never you know so it's it's really a big thrill for us to play at home in a baseball stadium what's the setup like that differs from you know playing a lakewood or verizon versus playing the stadiums because i know you've played fenway and wrigley and you know all the, all the big places well we have to rent more gear you know the scope is bigger but this it's not just that baseball stadiums are unique because the the experience from the stage is it's not it's not just uh, a, a bigger space it's gorgeous it's actually you can see you can almost see the crowd better in a stadium like that than you can in an amphitheater and uh, we can barely ever see the lawn in an amphitheater but at a stadium you can see the top tier of the back row and it really changes the way that you did you approach the crowd so even though it's a bigger place it's almost a more intimate place it is <laughs> it feels more intimate and the lighting in there is so wonderful it's just it's made for people to sit and enjoy the baseball game mm-hmm. so enjoying a concert it just it's just kind of a natural feeling John Driscoll Hopkins is always creating, never really at rest. And he loves it that way. Let's find out what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. First up, Over the Rhine at City Winery on March 3rd. This Ohio husband and wife duo has been quietly making thoughtful, absorbing albums for almost 30 years. It's Americana with an extra touch of class and elegance, but swaddled in a cloak of darkness. Their catalog is full of great songs like Drunkard's Prayer, a soul-bearing beauty that chronicles a rocky patch in the couple's marriage, and the journey back to happiness. The Wall Street Journal describes their most recent non-holiday album, Meet Me at the Edge of the World, as, quote, subtle and elegant, 
with airy musical arrangements and breathtaking vocal harmonies that fit the title of the album, unquote. And speaking of holiday albums, that's something this duo does exceptionally well. They've done several, including 2014's Blood Oranges in the Snow, but 2006's Snow Angels is exceptional. In a just world, the lead track, All I Ever Get for Christmas is Blue, would be a Christmas classic played alongside Winter Wonderland and Baby It's Cold Outside. Over the Rhine will be performing at City Winery in Atlanta, right behind Pont City Market, at 8 p.m. on Saturday, March 3rd. And the tickets are $28 to $40. You can get those tickets at citywinery.com Atlanta. Up next, we have the 15th Annual Southeastern Cowboy Gathering. Get along to the Booth Museum of Western Art on March 8th for a weekend of cowboy-centric fun. That's where you'll find the 15th Annual Southeastern Cowboy Gathering. Now, we don't normally associate the South with cowboys, but the booth is a touch of the West in Cartersville in northwestern Georgia. Just mosey on up I-75 and experience Western art, activities for the kids, and cowboy music and poetry. The best part, though, might be the Southeastern Chuck Wagon Invitational. Teams of cooks will be provided with the same basic ingredients, and then they're instructed to prepare their own versions of beef, potatoes, beans, cobbler, and their choice of biscuit or cornbread. The teams are encouraged to interact with attendees and educate the public on the importance of the chuck wagon during the cattle drives of the 1800s. Lunch from the chuck wagons will be served at high noon. If you're planning to chow down on the grub, you'll need to purchase meal tickets in advance for $17.50. So check out the Southeastern Cowboy Gathering. That's happening March 8th through the 10th at the Booth Museum of Western Art up in Cartersville. And the adult tickets are $12, but there are discounts for students and senior citizens. And kids age 12 and under are free. Get all the details at boothmuseum.org. Now let's head in the other direction out of Atlanta, taking I-75 South. Bright yellow forsythias are among the most welcome blooms of the year because they're often the first harbingers of spring. You know that warmer weather is on the way when the forsythia appears. And what better place to celebrate these colorful bushes than in Forsyth, Georgia? The Forsythia Festival happens every year during the second weekend in March in downtown Forsyth, Georgia. It's about an hour south of Atlanta. And this is a free two-day event that includes an arts and crafts show, children's fair, a 5K run, live entertainment, and lots more. One of the highlights is sure to be the Forsythia Pancake Breakfast, which is hosted by the Boy Scouts of Troop 51 at Forsyth United Methodist Church. Score a stack of flapjacks from 7 a.m. until 10 a.m. on Saturday, March 10th. That meal costs 8 bucks per person and proceeds will benefit the Boy Scouts. The Forsythia Festival happens on Saturday, March 10th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and on Sunday, March 11th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can get all the info at ForsythiaFestival.com. Do you dream of a log cabin in the woods? It might be just a dream now, but if you hope to turn that into reality, the Log and Timber Home Show is a good place to start. The show returns to Atlanta on March 3rd and 4th. You can talk with industry experts in a one-on-one environment and check out all the rustic decor you'll need to furnish that woody getaway. There will be workshops and, for those a little further along on the road to that cabin, the organizers encourage you to bring your floor plans and get that much closer to breaking ground on your dream home. The Log and Timber Show is happening at the Infinite Energy Center in Duluth, and that's on March 3rd and 4th. 
Regular show admission for the weekend is $15 online or $20 at the door, but ages 18 and under are free. There's also a more in-depth university course which costs about $95 per person or $129 per couple. You can find out more information on that at thelogintembershow.com. I've heard some folks say they don't like brunch, but what's not to like? If you like breakfast and you like lunch, and who doesn't, you should love brunch. And now that weekend meal has its own festival. The Atlanta Brunch Festival is happening at Atlantic Station on Saturday, March 10th from noon until 4 p.m. If chicken and waffles and avocado toast are your thing, you'll be in heaven. But there will be lots more on the menu from the more than 30 participating restaurants and vendors. Of course, there will be mimosas and Bloody Marys, along with beer and wine, but you'll get a better idea of what's on the menu at atlantabrunchfestival.com. There are several ticket levels, depending on what you want. The general admission tickets are $20 to $25, and they'll get you entry and entertainment, but the food tastes and the drinks are extra. Bottomless drink tickets are $50 to $60. Food tastes will still cost extra, though. Or you can spring for the VIP tickets for $79, but you'll have to get these in advance. They won't be available the day of the event. In addition to unlimited drinks and access to a VIP food tent, you get to enter the festival an hour early at 11 a.m. That's the Atlanta Brunch Festival happening on Saturday, March 10th at Atlantic Station. Get more info at atlantabrunchfestival.com. This is Shane Harrison with Access Atlanta. Join us again next week when we'll look at more things to do in and around Atlanta. Access Atlanta is a production of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Audio was captured by Curtis Compton, story by Melissa Ruggieri, and editing by Ryan Horn. AJC Access Atlanta is sponsored by Northside Hospital Cancer Institute, built to beat cancer.